HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hey, hey, thanks to Good Beer Passport for supporting Heritage Radio Network. Get your Good Beer Passport now to explore some of New York's best craft beers. Learn more at goodpassports.com, a supporter of New York City's July Good Beer Month. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Hey, 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 welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on Heritage Radio Network. This is a special show recording live at the Gate Bar in Brooklyn with uh, Mike Hinckley from Green Flash and his crew, Allie and Mira. So this is a special show for me. Uh, Mike and Lisa from Green Flash have been good buddies that ever since they started coming to New York City, I don't know, eight years ago, ten years ago. Yeah. They've been Maybe, doing events. Yeah, eight, nine, ten years ago. Events with us with Jimmy's number 43. We've had a few radio shows. Um, you know, and it's it's cool that they're they're back in town, and uh, we're going to talk a little more about it. So, everyone, just go on the table, introduce yourselves, and uh, say your names. Uh, Mike Hinkley, I'm founder of Green Flash Brewing Company. Uh, Ali Sentones, regional manager for Green Flash. Mira Bray, district manager for New York Green Flash. Great. Let's just talk about what you guys are doing here, because part of the show is about the business of craft beer. I mean, you guys are from San Diego. You, you've opened a brewery in Virginia. But now you've got Mike here, you know, working, you know, the, the region. So what are some places that, that you took him as part of your sales trip? Uh, we've been kind of on a, a wild ride this week. Um, we wanted to, you know, touch base with all of our distributor networks that are in the close proximity. Um, you know, touch base with Union Beer, Craft New York, and uh, Craft Beer Guild of Connecticut. Um, and we were able to visit some of our longstanding accounts as well as some new accounts that we've got some uh, some great permanent business in. Um, so we were able to uh, touch base with Jen from Spring Lounge, and um, unfortunately Catherine from the Tiger wasn't here this week, but you know they're obviously another great partner of ours. Uh, got to see Jerry over at One Mile House, uh, obviously visited Jimmy's. That was fun on yeah. Monday. <laughs> yeah, and Mike's got a special outline. And we're here at the gate yeah. today. Yes. Yep. And uh, Bob, Bobby from the gate says, he says, uh, Hello to one old schooler from another, to Mike. Right. <laughs> well, let's, let's have a little cheers to cheers that. Cheers to that. 
So, you know, Mike, we go way back. You know, we, we've had a Christmas dinner at Jimmy's number 43. And I remember when you guys were rolling out some of your Belgian-inspired beers like Rayon Vert and, and you know, Le Freak. Um, you know, just tell us how you got started. I don't think we ever did one of those stories before. When, when you first, did you work in a pub at some point? Did you ever own a pub? Yeah, so... Um I had a first career out of college. I was an accountant, and I hated it, and I did about 10 years. and uh, So that's, uh, you know, just hated it. And uh, eventually I bought a pub, and, and I went to school at Cal, and my, my college beers were Sierra Nevada Anchor Steam and Bad Homebrew. And uh, you know, so I was always a fan. And uh, so I opened this little pub. It was tiny, about 1,000 square feet, and I put Sierra and Anchor because those were my college beers I liked and uh, I put Stone and Ballast on those it was it was 1997 that was their first year they were locals to San Diego and uh, again it's a bass and so I had it like a better beer bar or craft beer bar and you know I didn't really do it on purpose it's just the way it worked out and uh, uh, you know some years went by uh, I invested in another brewery that tanked and uh, you know in the late 90s when it all kind of fell apart the first time um, but then in 2002 uh Lisa and I started Green Flash, and uh, just when it started to, uh, you know, not be a horrible idea and just a bad idea to start a craft brewery. So, um, yeah, so that's, that that was kind of the start, and uh, went from, yeah, went I didn't from know you the retail end to the brewery. For you. Yeah, yeah. So. Did, that's that's news to me. You know, we're here at the gate getting ready for an event tonight with Green Flash and some of your union reps. And big shout out to our union beer distributors, Supplier World Class, Ales and Lagers, who sponsor the show. So. You know, so in 2002, you guys opened a beer bar, and you opened a first brewery. Yeah. I mean, did you guys have a tasting room at the time, too? Yeah, you know, tasting rooms weren't really a thing then. I, we actually gave the beer away for free to people that were, they would come in and, and uh, buy growler fills and refills, and uh, occasionally buy a case of beer to take home, and, and we had little tiny plastic cups and a, and a Costco plastic table we would put out uh, right on the brewery floor and give them some free taste while they were picking up beer to go. It wasn't the same as it is now. But uh, it was really, it was pretty cool. It was back in the, you know, I look back on it fondly. You know, it was a little tiny space. and uh, Lots of people came to the brewery. And then, uh, yeah, so we had a little tiny tasting room. It was only open on Friday afternoon and uh, Saturday afternoon and Sunday. And that was it. And then what were the steps? You know, you, st- you opened a brewery. When did you first start selling, you know, outside of your region? You know, uh, we started in 2002, sold our first keg, uh, a keg of Green Flash Extra Pale Ale to Jimmy O's in Del Mar on November 15th, uh, 2002. Uh, you remember only, that, don't you? I do. Uh, you know, it was the only keg we ever sold them. <laughs> well, I think maybe, you know, 10 years later we wound up selling them some more beer. But they, they, they uh, were kind enough to put one on. Nobody bought it. Nobody drank it. Eventually, uh, it went through that one keg and then uh but we had some other accounts and um yeah it's just, that's when we started uh but really green flash started in it really started at the oregon brew festival of 2003 um when i had the kind of the idea that you know west coast and east coast ipas were starting to become different things and um you know, we hadn't really thought about the idea of west coast ipa as was a style but um so then, uh, late, I hadn't, uh, later that year, I went to the brewer. We hired Chuck Silva that November, and I still had this notion about what a West Coast IPA was. And um, Chuck came to work for us, and he fixed a couple of our beers that were pretty mediocre and made them great. And I kind of he got my confidence, and I went to him and I said, "Hey, can we uh, 
make the benchmark West Coast IPA and call it West Coast IPA. You think we can do that? And he goes, well, he's Chuck, right? Yeah, of course I can do that. He's very confident. So, you know. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, we made West Coast IPA in March in 2004. And um, then we became a brewery, right? About six months later, New York was calling and Philadelphia and Colorado and, uh, you know, kind of we struck a chord with that beer. Um, and then, you know, so in 2005, 2006, um, West Coast IPA kind of became a big thing. And we were self-distributed in the beer then and we couldn't really handle the orders and stuff. So we went to our local distributor who basically killed our business in San Diego. Um, you know, just calling it like it is, you know, uh, they, they weren't ready for it and they couldn't handle it. And uh, in order to pay the bills, I started returning phone calls from Philadelphia and New York and Colorado and uh, New Jersey and places like that and, and sending them our West Coast IPA. Uh, and that's, you know, why I didn't have to go back to being an accountant or something like that. So, and so that, that made us a company. Were there nights you stayed up and you wondered if you were going to pay your bills or not? Uh, only for the first, you know, 15 years, including last night. But, <laughs> um, yeah, we... we uh, we broke even in year five. So in our fifth year, I stopped refinancing my house and uh, borrowing money from friends and, and uh, you know, that sort of thing in the fifth year when we broke even. We didn't have a tasting room paying paying the bills. So we had to make our money making a case of beer and a keg of beer and shipping it around and, and, uh, and you know, kind of doing it the hard way back then. So You know, now I think people think that it's, it's an easy business to get into if you have money to open a brewery. We know that's not the case. But, you know, what are some of the things you're up against? I mean, you're not just making beer and everyone thinks you're making a big profit. Well, I guess it depends on when you're talking about it. I mean, the bigger business now is nothing like it was 15 years ago. Hell, it's probably not anything like it was five years ago. But, you know, right now it's the big challenge is how crowded it is and how many breweries there are and, um, you know, that sort of thing. Back then it was trying to convert a Bud Light line to a West Coast IPA line. You know, we don't... Another challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, Allie and I, like, it was kind of a weird thing for me when I said to her yesterday, I said, how many pints are in a half barrel? And it's 124, and neither of us knew the number. I'm but, throwing out 160, throwing out 130. Yeah, but, and, yeah, you know, 15 years ago, I knew every little bit of uh, beer, you know, math, because I was trying to get a bar that had no craft on to put one craft line on and trying to do the math about, well, if you charge 50 cents more per glass, you know what I mean? And, and uh, there's so many pints in a keg. I mean, that was how we used to sell a lot of beer back then. Now it's, you know, trying to squeeze into, you know, be one of all craft taps online. So it's a totally different deal. It's like, you know, the world's a lot different now. Yeah. What's, what's it like for you guys selling Mimira and Alley? You know, do you find that people you know, are responsive to, to the Green Flash brand? You know, I mean, I, the, the area that I cover, I get to see a lot of different markets. And I would say specifically um, in, you know, the Northeast and in New York, um, you know, there's that big haze craze right now. Um, and everybody wants unicorns and one-offs. And that's great. But at the end of the day, you know, people are just sampling that beer. And they're not going to be consistent customers for sure. You know, and they're going to constantly come back to us. So we're actually seeing a spike across the board on things like West Coast that, you know, people know when they buy this, they're going to get a quality product time and time again. 
and you know the people that are buying our beer, they're they're customers, yeah. and they come back over and over again. And you know what? I mean, like, we're biggest supporters of, of New York State and local beer, but you know this year in, in the New York City Beer Week, I actually started going back to some of the West Coast breweries we hadn't really been paying attention to, and every month we're doing the West Coast Craft Beer Pioneer Night. Just because there's so many good beers out there, and I, I think people do want the diversity too. Yeah. Yeah. But let's talk about the beers we tasted. Um, Mira, you, you gave us uh, one from the with draft. We started Passion Kicker, yeah, that we have on draft here right now at the gate. Um, it's an American wheat style beer with passion fruit juice and passion fruit black tea. It's just like a little taste of summer, and and it's also you know, we can it, which is awesome because then you can take it with you when you go to the beach or you go like fishing or camping, and it's like it is like summer in a glass. Um, it's really sweet and tart, but not going overboard. It's just perfect combination. And seems to be the thing now, like you know, mm-hmm. wheat beers with fruit. It's almost like we're going back to. Yeah, that's yeah. what it used mm-hmm. to be. You know what? One of the, so one of the things that's big, uh, big difference now in the market, which I love actually. Um, you know, for years we made double IPAs and barley wine and Belgian triples and quads and stouts and and you know, craft was all about big beer stream beers, you know, or pallet record and, and all of that. Um, and now craft is squeezing into those occasions that used to be reserved for industrial beer. And there's a lot of breweries making uh, nice lagers and nice pale ales and blonde ales and wheat beers and, um, you know, and so it's just, I think it's, you know, it's part of the evolution, uh, which I really love because I want to drink beers when I'm at the beach or, uh, you know, watching football game with the guys or you know just hanging out and it doesn't have to always be about you know the beer it just can be about enjoying the times with your friends and drinking quality brew um so now really craft has really taken over those those moments you know, so. mm-hmm. I, feel, I feel like for so long everything went up to uh the doubles and the triples and the you know just how, how far can we blow out your palate and, um, you know, that went on for a little while, and then everybody went into the whole session IPA craze, which I think the last time that you and I spoke uh, was about session IPAs, um, and that was probably, you know, two and a half, three years ago, and uh, we hadn't even come out with Jive yet, you know, we've got our Jive session IPA now, uh, which is in cans, which is awesome, 4%, you know, really low-calorie beer, um, and you can have a bunch of them, and, uh, you know, everything kind of went lower, and now everybody's kind of evening out. So we've got this kind of, you know, nice middle ground and, you know, we've kind of filled in all the blanks. So you've got your, you know, your your big doubles and you've got your, you know, 4% sessions. And now we've got, you know, like Soul Style, perfect case of a, you know, 6.5% IPA. Nice and juicy and, you know, exactly what people are looking for. And, you know, that's something that you can have four or five of where, you know, if I do that with a pallet wrecker, you guys are going to have to carry me home. You know, Mike, the other night you came into Jimmy's number 43 and you, you were teasing me. You said, I never thought I'd have cans at Jimmy's number 43. But I also never really thought that a green flash would be in a can. But now yeah. everyone wants cans. You know, it's, it's, um, it, it's, where, the, it's where people want the beer. And, and uh, I was afraid of cans early on because I associated cans with crappy beer. You know, I mean, just, you know, my, my, my dad drank, you know, Black Label and hams and crappy beer and out of a can and I just you know I was afraid of the association I didn't you know but it is a quality container and if you do it right if you have low dissolved oxygen and uh, you know in the can and they're a fantastic carrier and you know I, there's something about the can it's exciting and it's fun um, 
so we're doing it. You know, I mean, uh, the customer gets to pick. You know, we, we talked, we laughed a little bit about some of the beers we made that uh, we thought were fantastic that we don't make anymore and how I would get some hate mail for not making them anymore. And it's like, you know, I hope you, well, you should have bought some more. <laughs> you know, I mean, we got to give the customer what they want. So, uh, and the customer wants cans. So when, when Green Flash did it, um, we just made sure we did a really good job of putting the beer in a can so that it would have long shelf life and it would taste good and the quality would be there. Because that's the main thing for us is, you know, the liquid. And um, so you can count on Green Flash. Everybody knows they can count on Green Flash to make fantastic beer. And when we put it in a can, it's the same way. Yeah, we've evolved a lot, um, you know, even just within the five years that I've been within the company. Um, you know, there was there was a point in time where we had nothing but, you know, double and triple IPAs and big Belgian beers. And now we're making things like C2C Session Lager which, and in a can, which are, you know, completely... That's what we're tasting right now. Yeah. That's what we're drinking right now. Yeah. Um, you know, you talk about a it's change 80, in It's May 18th yeah. and it's 85 degrees in New York City. Yeah. yeah I want and, we're, and, we're, and we're drinking green flash lager in a can. Who'd have thunk it? Yeah. You know. <laughs> but it works so well. It goes uh, hand in hand together. Uh, no, there was another one that you made a few years ago called the East Village Pills. Yeah, back in the day we did uh, a real bohemian style Czech pills. Um, I think this is... Uh, the C2C lager is really what we wanted our lager to be. It was, it's, you know, lower on ABV, but it's got, it's a, it's a Zwickle lager, okay? So it's the lower ABV lager, but it's partially unfiltered, and it gives you great body and mouthfeel and, and full flavor. I mean, it, it's it's a combination of light and refreshing and Do complex any of you know, and full flavor. you know what the, the, the term Zwickle refers to? It's no, an unfiltered German lager. Yeah. Well, that's the style, but it comes from because that's the key that the, the brewery owner had the Zwickel, and and the unfiltered lager would be what it was like the, the owner's reserve. Uh, no kidding. Oh, that's cool. I yeah, like that. Zwickel. Oh, that's oh, nice. I didn't know that. Beer well, history here. Well, that's thanks, it. thanks for teaching the brewer about beer. Right. That's <laughs> awesome. Man. We'll be back in a short minute on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Hey, 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 Good Beer Passport is a supporter of today's show. Get your Good Beer Passport now and you'll be able to enjoy draft beers and flights at some of the city's best bars and breweries all summer long. They're only $37 each and redeemable between July 1st and September 4th. A portion of the proceeds benefit God's Love We Deliver and Heritage Radio Network. That's us. Learn more at goodpassports.com, a supporter of New York City's July Good Beer Month. Hey, hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. This is a special, it's May 2017. We're at the gate in Brooklyn, one of our favorite Good Brazil bars. And we're giving a big shout out because um, by the time you hear this show, they will have celebrated their 20th anniversary. So we got Mike from Green Flash and his crew. So we're talking about Zwickel and the styles. And I remember when we first met, you know, you guys were talking about the, the Ray Vert and the Green Flash and the things about San Diego to you. Um, but what were some other steps that you went through? I you know you get in Chuck Silver as, as your first real brewmaster was a big step. A few years ago, we met Dave Adams in your tasting room. Let's talk about some of the, uh, the different steps you've made and some of the key personnel that, that you've you know, brought in over the years who have been important to you. Yeah, well, you know, if, I, if I've made any, uh, you know, the business has grown and, and it's kind of a big business now. And actually, if I've, 
you know, made any good decisions, it's really been about who I hired, right? And uh, number one in that was bringing my wife on, who really knew how to... The, she started it with the whole idea that our brand had to have a soul, and she really understood that. And, um, and cheers to Lisa Hinkley. Yeah, yeah. cheers to Lisa. Yeah. Um, well, you know, you, you guys always did then, come off as a family, because when I first met yeah. you, you'd come with Lisa, you'd bring your brew, yeah. brewmaster. You know, and, I, and, and so I'll just, enter, before I get back to the, the you know, the, that other stuff, I'll just say, uh, you know, Christmas about seven, eight years ago, that was awesome, right? So we wanted to come into New York for Christmas, and we asked you, can we have Christmas dinner at uh, 43, and you'd never opened it up before. It was always just the day it was closed, and you opened for us and our friends, and we had about 20 of us. Um, you know, I have a, I was born in New York, and I have friends here and, and uh, that sort of thing. So we had a big party, and uh, wow, that was, was one of those. You know, we got so many great days over the 15 years of being in this business. That was definitely one of them. Uh, you know, really memorable. So, anyway, thank you for that, Jimmy. You're but, welcome. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the, so you know, Dave Adams is uh, runs all of our tasting rooms and all that, but he's our beer education guy, and he goes around the country uh, helping training staff, and, and uh, he works with, works with the sales team, and, you know, just a super passionate, fun guy that really loves, loves, loves beer, um, you know, that sort of thing. He just does a great job. You know, and Jim Kenny, our VP of Sales, is our is our absolute road warrior. You know, ex Marine. Hungwa uh, Jim. Hungwa Jim. You know, um, you know, hardest working guy in the beer business, no doubt about that. And uh, Chuck actually moved on and, and uh, opened Silva Brewing Company. Um, we're real proud of that, and real proud of him. And and the uh, equity that he was a part owner in Green Flash, and the, and the equity that he built in Green Flash is what you know provided him the you know what he needed to open silver brewing and buy the equipment and open his facility and do all that stuff and and you know we're we're still tight and good friends and and uh we went up and celebrated with him at his grand opening we've already collaborated on a on a beer effort with him and stuff and so um you know i'm proud of the stuff he's moved on to do uh and then we fired eric jensen who's our brewmaster now who is uh you know equally talented uh, with a different set I'd say of skills but um, you know just a super talented guy and does a great job for us too so you know we just have a, a bunch of uh, great people at Green Flash and that's really the the one thing I've done right is just bringing the right people you know so. yeah how important are, are the distributors to you uh, I mean we can't get the beer to market without them you know it's uh, we make the beer uh, they get it to distribution and get it on the shelf, get it on tap. And, you know, we have a, a team of 35 around the country that uh, basically assists them. Um, but, you know, our distributors are key. And then, then there's the retailer, right? The retailer's got to uh, really have a passion for Green Flash and help us sell the beer. And, and care and about provide their us. lines and yeah. educate their staff. You know, I mean, it, you know, it's everybody's involved. It takes a village. Yeah, you know, it really you know? does. And so... Um, then, then like our marketing team back home, I mean, their job is to make people pull it off the shelf or, or you know, ask for those pints, you know. So it takes a lot, it's, uh, you know, to connect the dots between us and our fans, you know. So um, there's so many people in that, in that chain that are critical. They're all critical, and, and uh, you know, distributors keep part. You say the right things, man. You know, we walked in, he's, he's wearing the Alpine uh, T-shirt, and I asked you about that the other day. T- tell us, I know you guys, you have some relationship with Alpine, but yeah. tell us how you guys first met. You know, you started Green Flash and Phil and Alpine. I know there's a backstory there. Yeah, so um, 
We started Green Flash in uh, 2002, and uh, Alpine started in 2002. Well, before that, they were uh, contract brewing some beer at uh, Alesmith, um, but they started their own brewery, opened their own little brewery in 2002, and we've been friends the whole time. About half of the equipment in their plant is stuff that they, they bought from us, used when, when we grew out of it. Um, we made a good amount of beer for them before we ever merged our companies. Um, we've just been really good friends for a long time. And then, uh, you know, Pat, getting a little older, he retired from the fire department. And, you know, Pat, I said Phil, but it's Pat. Yeah, it's Pat. Pat and Val and Sean McElhenney. Um, yeah, so... Um, Got some crew joining us here at the gate. Looks like it's going to be a big party tonight with Green Flash. Yeah, yeah, I'm lucky enough. I, I have my... Uh, my daughter Sarah just uh, who lives here in New York and uh, you know come come sit and drink some beer with us so um, so Pat uh, you know he's kind of you know he's 65 and thinking about what to do with the rest of his life and does he want to build another brewery and all these things and and uh, you know we got together and uh, so you know the, the McElhenney's and the Hinkley's now own Green Flash and Alpine you know I mean really to s- simplify it but that's about it um, been really easy uh, relationship because we've known each other 15 years and um, you know we make the beer and you know it's 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 just been really good um, they trust us and, and we trust them and, and we work together one of the main things is uh, you know the kind of the only real big requirement is was that we make the beer fantastic and uh, they had a lot of faith that we would do that because we was we were already making some of their beers for them for you know so for a while. like a lot of real small breweries Alpine was culty. You said that people were trading it. Yeah, so that was uh, Pat's big thing is he didn't really enjoy the uh, um, the idea that so much of his beer was going through the post office before getting to uh, the person that would drink it. You know, it was being uh, like beer traded and going to, you know, around the country. And, uh, you know, he just wasn't real comfortable on how the beer was being traded between uh, when it left his brewery until it got to a customer. So um, Green Flash had enough distribution that he said, hey, I want you to send some Alpine everywhere so that people stop sending it through the mail. Um, you know, I don't like if my beer's, you know, been in three different people's trunks before someone gets to drink it, you know? So um, we ended the beer trade, and that was real important to Pat and Val and Sean. Um, and important to us, you know, we wanted to get out there and, and do a good job of the beer, and we wanted it to be well represented, too. It was great when they... Um they came out here last year for uh, for the real launch for Alpine. So I think it was about a year ago, February. And, you know, I mean, it was bitter cold, and you know, these poor guys come in from California, and I'm hustling them over to like you know 10, 15 events in a row. And Pat and Val really, you know, they loved it. They loved coming out here and meeting people that knew about Alpine and been trading or you know trading for it for years. And you know, now they're like, awesome! I can get this, you know, treated the right way. I can get it fresh. And I don't have to worry about where it's coming from or what condition it's coming from. So it's been a real treat. Um, we actually, we've got a, one of our newer Alpine beers here on draft. Uh, this is our Windows Up. Um, no? Duet. Oh, it's Duet. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I mean, well, hey, hell, that's, a, that's a classic it's Alpine. It's yeah. a classic. It's, yeah. the, it's the godfather of, of IPAs with Alpine right here. You're like me, Allie. I always mix things up. Hey, you know, I hadn't drinking yet. it's still fun. I got all these glasses in front of me, Jimmy. I know, I'm just throwing beers at you. Throwing beers at you. <laughs> but no, I mean, Duet, you know, I was, uh, I, was, I was up in Boston a couple weeks ago, and, you know, the guy was looking for, uh, for an IPA line, and we already had a green flash handle in there, and I was like, wait, 
I got a perfect IPA for you, and I'm telling him all about it. And he was like, he's like, are you overselling? And I was like, taste the fucking beer. And he tasted it. He was like, nope, you're not overselling at all. That's fucking perfect. Let's go. <laughs> you, you know what's funny is you never know what's going to move. And, like, we got in your C2C lager, and... When I turn around and it's gone, mm-hmm. you're like, whoa, I didn't think about that. And the same with Alpine. We had the windows up, the IPA bottles in. Mm-hmm. And again, it's like people order and then you realize you sell out when you don't think it's going to move. Yeah. And that's just something cool about the retail connection where you can see. Yeah. I don't know how you guys, how you, how you track your business. And that's what I wonder. I remember you had the Imperial IPA. This was 10 years ago, Imperial IPAs. And you, know, you came out with Lafrique, which are massive. And I, I don't really... I don't drink those beers as much as I used to. Yeah, you know, most of us don't really as much as we used to. It's um, we're getting you know, old. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe we're just getting old, we Jimmy. But we're. I, I think I really think it's a fantastic thing where craft used to be like this. I don't know alternative thing where we were just you know drinking big strong beers and it was all you know and then it got to be hey on my regular situations I can go to a bowling alley. And drink really solid craft beer from, you know, Firestone or Lagunitas or Green Flash or Bells. And, and you know, they're in the bowling alley. We're in the bowling alley now. It's amazing. When it used to be where we're just in it, weird eclectic places, you know, and specialty weird places. And we still are. And we're, you know, going to be in those, you know, really crafty, crafty bars and making cool things. But now, I mean, you, 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 go, in a, you go to a, a baseball game and you watch the Mets or the Yankees and you, you might get a... A six pointer, or you know, or a green flash. Who knows? I saw in uh, the Cleveland Indians were on TV, and I saw uh, a green flash thing go on their scoreboard. Wow! And and I real I didn't pay for it. I don't know what happened, but whoever the concessionaire is is selling green flash in the Cleveland Indians ballpark. That's and our distributor were, out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and there's a logo on the scoreboard for green flash. It blew my mind. Oh, you know, it's that. like where are we now when? It used to be we were hiding in little weird bottle shops and 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 uh, just eclectic places, and now it's like craft beers all over the place. It's that's the cool part. Cheers, Cheers brothers. guys. You know all the talk about growth and you know different breweries, different business models. Let's say that you know you forget that you know business is about growing, and I think you guys are doing it right. Um, I'm not going to get into other conversations because people get hung up on it, but. I like seeing that you guys have grown and, and you're still able to, you know, keep your little family together. But you know, the move to open a, another brewery in, on the East Coast in Virginia, mm-hmm. you know, how, how did that happen? You know, it, uh, Jimmy, it's a little weird. Is that Green Flash grew different than most other breweries? Because I don't know if it had to do with, you know, the the what happened in our early years where um, we made West Coast IPA and it was a huge hit and, and people really dug it, but we were still tiny. And our local situation with our distributor didn't work out so well. And so we started shipping the beer around where people wanted it. And then we wound up in, in a lot of places. And then, uh, you know, just as a, me- a means of survival. Um, so we wound up where we sell, you know, 50% of our beer on the West Coast and about 40% of our beer on the East Coast and not a lot in the middle. And that's where we wound up. And so... When we were uh, approaching capacity on the West Coast at our brewery, I mean, it was just, I mean, I'm not a rocket scientist, you know, the brewery where the people are drinking the beer, and, you know, when we put it in Virginia Beach, it was second day freight from Miami to Boston, and that was already a third of our business. So, um, 
you know, I know it's kind of weird, uh, you know, but that's just the way it happened for us. And so we got to, yeah. we just got to be versatile and react to the situ- situation that we're in. And that, that was it. Uh, it wasn't like 10 year, 15 years ago I said, I want to have a brewery on both coasts. I mean, all I really wanted to do was, uh, you know, serve uh, hoppy uh, pale ale in San Diego and maybe not have to go get a real job, you know. Well, how so, did you used to ship beers from the West Coast and the East Coast? Well, we've always shipped them refrigerated freight. Um, it was about a six-day uh, truck from San Diego to New York, and now we're one to two days everywhere on the entire East Coast, two-thirds of the U.S. population we get to from one to two days. So um, the beer's still shipped all refrigerated. Um, you know, uh, quality is number one. and uh, But we cut four to five days out of every uh, transportation of the beer. Uh, and that can only, it makes us not only as a beer fresher when it gets to the customer, but we can be more reactive for our retailers and our distributors. If there is a freight problem, we can, you know, send another truck or what have you and, and, and get it there on time, you know. So um, it's working out well, you know. And in Virginia Beach, if, if uh, you ever go down there, our beer garden there is amazing. It's basically a city park attached to a brewery. It's about an acre and a half, big old growth oak trees and pecan trees, uh, sitting walls. You go there on a sad afternoon, there's like beach blankets out with little kids banging around and, you know, soccer balls and, and dogs, and, and it's just amazing. It's like a little city park attached to a brewery. It's a wonderful experience. So we think people will go there and, and, and uh, get connected to Green Flash just like they do in San Diego, and then you know, go back to, you know, New York or Connecticut or, you know, North Carolina and, and uh, buy the beer forever, hopefully. And then East Coast versus West Coast. So, you know, you, you guys, are your sales force is on the East Coast. Are there different beers that, that are more popular on the West Coast versus the East Coast, you know, from your product line? You know what? It, it's, uh, it's weird, you know. It's, uh, we, we don't tell the customer what to drink. They tell us what to make. And, uh... You know, different cities, different things happen. West Coast has been our number one. West Coast IPA has been our number one selling beer for 15 years in a row, and it's still growing. It's our flagship. It's our it's our heart and soul. Um, but right now, like Passion Fruit Kicker is doing really well in Chicago and in places in the Northeast. Um, soul Style rocks Virginia. Um, for a for a while, a, a stout that we made was killing it in uh, Southern Florida. Now we you know we don't make that one anymore, but you know we just we make what the customer makes, and it's, it could be a different beer in every market, and and that's okay with us. We just uh, you know we let the customer tell us. We don't tell them. And the, the change from bottles to cans. Remember, you said what size did you used to make? You used to make like a bomber or twenty two ounce. You know, for the longest more? time, we were. Uh, we had we did more what they call uh, single serve bottles than than uh, six packs or four packs. Um, Twenty two ounce bottles were the majority of our sales. Actually, draft is still the majority of our sales. So in, you know places like yours doing a, and the gate here, um, you know selling a lot of our beer on tap and pints is still the majority of our sales. But um, we went from having a lot of twenty two ounce bottles and some twelve ounce to having a lot of twelve ounce bottles, and now we've introduced twelve ounce cans. Um, and and for all, and we also have 750 milliliter bottles through cellar three, which is our barrel aging facility. Um, so where we used to just be that bottle shop, bottle share, beer geek bar occasion for people, uh, we want to be across their occasion. So we want to have a cellar three bottle of barrel aged wonderful beer for date night, and we want to have. Uh, West Coast IPA, which is what people think about Green Flash from 
a decade or so ago, and and we want to have a six pack of Soul Style, and then we want to have a can of C to C Lager. So whatever our, whatever our fans are doing, we want to be with them. That's awesome. I'm, we're just drinking a lot of beer here at the Gate in Brooklyn. Back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. Like what you hear? Heritage Radio Network has plenty more. With fresh programming every week, we've got something for everyone. Trying to start your own food business? Concerned about where your food comes from? Looking for the best wine or beer to bring to a party? Find our shows on iTunes or Stitcher, or head to heritageradionetwork.org to listen live and subscribe to our newsletter. Well, God didn't know the rainbow sign said no Hey, 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 welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Check us out, heritageradionetwork.org. We're a nonprofit, and you can become a member. So we've got the Green Flash crew here at the Gate in Brooklyn, and uh, we, there's another beer we drank. What, what is that, guys? Soul Style IPA is, uh, you know, Soul Style refers to a method of surfing, right? So the young guys that, you know, they're shredding, right? They're back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Uh, you know us kind of older surfer guys kick your back foot down on the back of the board walk out to the front and you soul style which means you soul arch bend your back look up make it look like you are standing uh, you know uh, you know just chilling on your surfboard making it look easy and that was kind of the the thought behind it is because we made so many big and double IPAs and crazy IPAs that you know when we are going to make a single IPA that was going to be soul style for us it was going to be making it look easy I, you know, that's what I wanted. I wanted to get back to your San Diego roots, man. Thank you. Yeah. Now it's like, I want to drink more of this beer. Yeah. Speaking of easy, our GFB. Like, that's yeah. easy. That's easy drinking right there. That's, like, you know, that's the last thing we've done. Um, GFB. Um, easy drinking. Easy to think about. GFB. It doesn't even what's, actually what's have a name. GFB? What is it? And mostly yeah. people are calling it good fucking beer. Because it is. Um, Green Flash Blonde, is that it? Well, it's whatever you want it to be. If you yes. want it to be Green Flash Blonde, then that's what it is. If you yep. want it to be great for bowling, or great for bocce, <laughs> or great for the beach, or golfer's favorite beer, or, you know, just great flavorful beer, yeah. that's what it is. It's easy drinking, easy to think about. What hops are in it? I don't know. I don't care. You know what I mean? It's It just tastes great. Um, it's got good Green Flash quality, consistency, flavorful, um, but it's crushable. Craft meets crushability. I trademarked that. I'm sure I'll... That's a waste of my time, but you know what I mean? Craft meets crushability and GFB, you know, so. Well, I like your San Diego, you know, origins are coming out because when we first met, you, you talked about how the uh, the Ray, Ray Vert, the Green Flash, and the, what, tell us about that again. That's, uh, like, yeah, that's so, a San Diego thing. Yeah, but, so the Green Flash, really, what a Green Flash is, for people who don't know, uh, you know, when the sun sets over the ocean under just the right conditions, you get this really cool smutting of the sunset that turns green above where the just after the sun disappears and it's it's a big thing in san diego if you're on your surfboard or on your sailboat or you know sitting at the beach or if you're on your balcony uh you know and you're you happen to have a a nice ocean view it's like every day if you can you look for the uh, sun you watch the sunset you look for the green flash and it's a very big san diego thing 
Uh, and when we started Green Flash, that was the analogy, and that's where Lisa was talking about, uh, you know, Green Flash has to have a soul. And the whole idea was under just the right special conditions, these beautiful things can happen. And it's about the beer, it's about the company we made, it's about the people that we interact with, and our employees, and our customers, and, and you know, our retailers, Jimmy, like you, and, and just, you know, all of these things, that was what it was about, you know, just creating these special moments to interact with people. What's your philosophy, Mike? Because somehow you've been able to grow, you know, you, you had some experience early on, you know, you had, you had that pub and you had a first brewery, but somehow you've been able to grow and keep your good vibe going. And I think that's a unique quality. What, what is that quality? What is it about you and, and your wife? You know, I, just, I, I think it has to do with the people I've surrounded myself with. You know, I mean, um, we're a hard-working, hard-charging, passionate group of people that take our work very seriously. Um, but we want to enjoy it. And we want to be doing the things that uh, all day long... You know, and, and uh, you know, make a living and pay our bills and do all those things. But we want to we want to enjoy our life, and um, you know, that's where it started. I had a, a great job that made way more money than I ever made in beer way before, and, and I didn't enjoy it. And then, and so we want uh, we got these three pillars about these amazing products. We have to make these uh, green flash. The beer's got to be fantastic, and I take a lot of br- a pride in our business acumen, and I, I want us to be a like an industry standard for running a business. And then the third part is I want it to just be a fantastic place to work for the people that give so much to me. Um, you know, everybody on our sales team, we call them the road warriors. They're the 60-hour-a-week, you know, passionate, committed uh, people. 60. Back. I wish it was 60. <laughs> yeah, you know. But. Well, Allie, how many, how many states are you in right now? Actually, You're um, in New York, but you've been Well, for, for a fair amount of time, I've been covering a good chunk of the country, but... Um, you know, we're, we're constantly adding new salespeople, and we're, uh, we actually just sliced my uh, region in half. So now I'm just going to be looking after New England, New York, PA, New Jersey. Um, within there, I've got well, some amazing far- sales like folks. Yeah. Too, right? I used to be. Um, yeah. And now we've, you know, we've, we've moved somebody up to take over the, the lake region and take that off my hands. And that, uh, that gives me some time uh, to, to focus more here, which is fantastic. Well, that's what, you know, we call them the road warriors because Allie had about a quarter of the country. To manage, and maybe she had like two reps working with her, or something like that. And and uh, you know, if we keep growing the business, and uh, we invest everything back, it's like you know, I mean, we never pulled any money out of this business. We just keep reinvesting and hiring more people, and and growing it and growing it. And it's a it's a great thing. But now, Ali's territory is down to like, you know, like just New England, Philly, New Jer- or, uh, Pennsylvania, New Jersey. So. Uh, that just means we hired yeah. uh, six or seven more salespeople to squish that territory down. So yeah, now I can work with my guys a little bit closer. I can work with my distributors a little bit closer. Um, you know, and just preaching green flash, man. And for you, Al, you know, working with retail, you work also working with off premise. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, well. I'm, I'm I'm with everybody. Yeah, are, are there a lot of the same people that you're working with, or do you feel like there's a lot of new faces? You know, what's it like? Being oh God, out there in I sales? mean. You know, I mean, obviously, you know, you, you travel around and you've got your, your classics that you're going to see, you know, like Mike Shatzel up in Buffalo, who's, you know, building a little empire up there. And he's an amazing job with craft beer. Um, he's, he's been really good to Green Flash, so thank you, Mike. Um, but, you know, and then you've got, you've got new bottle shops opening all the time. You've got beer bar, or you've got bars that have never done craft before that are transitioning into craft, which is really exciting. 
Um, you know, I mean, the, the segment in general is just, you know, growing so much. So it's not so much that there's so many more people drinking beer, but there's so many more people drinking good beer. And that's really exciting. And those are the people that we need to, you know, we need to reach out to and we need to interact with. Here's a tough question. So let's say I'm opening like a little restaurant in, in, in a small city in the Northeast. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a chef. Been a chef in New York. I want to move out to a smaller city, which a lot of guys are doing. Yep. And I'm going to have some wine, and I, but I want to have a small beer program. What What are a couple of your beers that would do well for like you know a, a little bistro, farm to table type restaurant? If I could say I need two beers, you need two beers from me. Yeah. Um, I would probably go with Soul Style for a single IPA because it's not gonna it's not gonna blow your taste buds out, but it's gonna accompany your your uh, your foods really well. So if you got something a little spicy or something with a little bit more meat, Soul Style is gonna go really well with that. But then say you've got like a fish dish or something that you know is maybe a little bit more of like a oil, you know, based uh, sauce, you know, nothing that's too like red meat heavy. Sorry, I'm Italian, you know. And, uh, you know, and something like that, I think, you know, you go, you go with your C to C, um, or you go with like the passion fruit, something like that. Or, you know, even the GFB, I mean, that, that's a beer that you can drink anywhere, you know, and that's something, uh, easy breezy, you You know, know, don't think just drink. What's it called? Great fucking what? Great great fucking fucking beer. beer. (laughs) (laughs) Did you make that name up? Yeah, I did. You did? I thought so. (laughs) Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah, those. those yeah, are I, I got a ten seat f bomb a little bit, so I I figured uh, GFB great fucking beer would work out for me. So give me <laughs> give, give me a couple of stories, you know. So worst day of your life ever since you opened the brewery. Worst day of my life ever. Uh, in about year four, um, when we had uh, we were way behind on our bills, and the TTB, which we pay excise taxes to. Um, we were filing all our tax returns, but not attaching the checks. Uh, and they showed up and said, "Hey, you know, uh, you got to pay your tax bill today, or uh, we got to close you down." So that was that was our our, our lowest moment. So I uh, went to Lisa and I said, "Hey, honey, I gotta I gotta dig some money out of the savings account, and do all these things, and I gotta I gotta I gotta pay the TTB today." So that might have been my lowest moment. And Ouch! Then, thank Ouch. God I got uh, you know my wife has been by my side the whole time and. And, uh, you know, allowed me to do that. And so, they, yeah, that might have been my lowest moment. You know, otherwise, I've been having a ton of fun in this. It's, uh, that's why I'm here. It's a, it's a fun it's a fun industry. I'm sounding around my cool people. Uh, uh, but until we got to break even, it was pretty tough, man. I got to tell you, you know, it's, uh, I wasn't a rich guy before. Um, you know, I had to bootstrap it up. And, uh, you know, but, we, you know, we made it. So Let's talk about that Christmas dinner. I think it was 2011. And a big shout out to Rob Hodson, who works with the Sheehan family and yeah. grape brewers and Union Beer Distributors. And he called me up and said, hey, you want to have a Christmas lunch with, with Green Flash guys? And for me, that's what, as a beer bar guy, that's my fantasy, to, 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 to have someone seek you out and do a special you know, event like that. But what the question is, is you guys made it a, a whole special week. I think you... Blind Tiger, Jimmy's number 43, another place. You sent each of us like eight special kegs. Yeah. But I just wonder how, how you guys do that. You know, how do you... Well, you know, on that particular weekend, that was another one of these uh, weird moments, uh, really. Um, we had uh, the great Christmas dinner with you. And uh, like I said, that was one of our favorite moments. And uh, But we also had... Uh, I think it was like 35 or 37. We set the record for having the most draft lines and uh, Firkins and set up. So we had the most beers on tap at Top Blind Tiger ever, and I think that still stands. Um, but we had uh, 
our guy who ships the beer didn't put the pallet of uh, the specialties on the truck. And uh, we had, you know, the whole week set up, and we had uh, all our friends coming, and the Blind Tiger people were counting on us, and our friends at Union Beer were counting on us. And uh, two days before the event, and we're six days away from New York, my truck realized that the beer hadn't shipped. Uh, so we shipped uh, refrigerated air freight, a pallet of beer, to the Blind Tiger. Um, we didn't make we didn't make enough money in New York that year to pay for that freight bill, um, but you know it's one of these things. You know you gotta stand by your distributors and your retailers and uh, our friends in the industry, and we bit the bullet and we did refrigerated air freight a pallet of beer overnight uh, to, to the Blind Tiger. Allie's over there. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm just really glad I wasn't involved at that point. Yeah, <laughs> that happened. And Grant. I don't know where you are, buddy, but, uh, you know, he, Grant's my guy. He didn't put the pallet on that uh, truck, uh, but, you know, Grant was our guy. We didn't, uh, we didn't give him too hard a time, but I will now, so, if you were hearing this. You know, it was about a year of your salary, buddy, <laughs> to get that pallet of beer to New York. But, you but, did it, though. So. Yeah, but, it, but it, was, uh, it was a great event and a great week. Uh, super fun, but, yeah, that was a weird moment, you know. Air freight refrigerated coast to coast overnight is uh, is expensive. And then today, you, you guys are in town. You got Mike in town. It's a big deal. You haven't been here for a couple of years, have you? Yeah. So I, you know, I used to come to New York, uh, you know, maybe three, four times a year. My daughter lives here, and it was a great uh, chance for me to get out and sell beer, and then also see Sarah and stuff. But uh, we built a brewery in 2011 in San Diego, and then another one, another big brewery uh, that just finished in Virginia Beach. And in between, we hired. A, couple hundred new positions or something uh, my job became a lot about it you know being an organizational manager um, so I got tied up and I didn't get to get out in the trade as much anymore but uh, now I got a guy who's doing that and uh, you know I get to do the part of what I like to do is get out in the trade and talk to people and sell beer and um, so now I'm doing it again so you know it's a good thing because I wasn't very good at being that organizational manager guy and I didn't enjoy it that much so um, now I'm doing what I like and, and uh, hopefully I'm better at it so of all the beers we tried today, we're going to go back over to the bar here at the gate. What beer would you be drinking the rest of the night? You know, if I'm going to drink a beer the rest of the night, uh, well, it depends on what kind of night I'm going to have. I might drink Soul Style <laughs> all night tonight. Uh, you know, it's just a wonderful IPA. It's very citrusy, very San Diego, very, uh, you know, light. So San Diego style, if you will, uh, it's going to be light in color, light in body, and have a ton of uh, hop forward flavor. And... Uh, you know, Soul Style is an amazing, uh, amazing IPA, and and, uh, and I love it. So I'm I'm, a, I'm gonna drink about four pints and, and then take an Uber back to the hotel. <laughs> I'm I'm all about the PFK today. Yeah, it's too. 95 degrees outside. That that beer, so you know, the, the passion, passion fruit, fruit kicker, kicker. PFK. Um, so you know, and that that little bit of tartness to it, but it's and it's a little bit dry in the back from the black tea, and it just sings summer to me. You know, and I'm 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 ready to I'm ready to get some color. Let's go. Let's have some beers and relax and get a little suntan. <laughs> you guys are having a good time, man. This is always fun. thanks, Jimmy. Always, thank you. And uh, yeah. last thing, so just you know, being on the I like this side of the business side. Being on the road today, where did you take Mike? Because you know you've been jam packed. You're taking him to different accounts. 
you know, uh, tell no, us about your day just today. Uh, like, today we had um, uh, we had a general sales meeting with our distributor up in Connecticut, and then we had a nice sit down meeting with management up there. Um, and then we went and saw um, a really great account in New Haven. Um, Barley. Mm-hmm. Barley Grill. Barley Grill. Barley Grill. And uh, and then we um, we hit the road. We came back down, uh, stopped there over in Westchester. Uh, they've got a nice West Coast line up there for us. And uh, then we sat in traffic for three hours, and I almost pulled my hair out. So, uh, you know, when we walked into the gate today... You know, we're getting all of our beers together. And I was like, great, we got the beers. Who's got my Jameson shot? And, uh, <laughs> Another big shot to the gate. And let's just toast to Bobby. Hey, Bobby. Hey, Bobby. Happy anniversary. anniversary Bobby. Yeah, Bobby. Bobby and Jane. And it's a great neighborhood bar. And when, Mira, one thing you were talking about, uh, there's some people say this place or my place is a dive bar. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a dive bar because of the... You know, the community and also the quality of the products. Right. How would you describe this bar, the gate? Well, I would, I, it's, a, it's like a hybrid. It's a craft dive bar. So it's got the essence of a dive bar. Like it's homey, it's comfortable. You can talk to everyone at the bar, you're having conversations. So a dive bar is not a negative kind of thing. It's not a negative thing, it's not a negative I, thing at all. I think this but is guess a neighborhood what? bar. There's this great is a beer on tap. Like it's a staple yeah. thing. It's like, like your place, man. When it's I, when great I, beer. Yeah, when but I go. It's homey. And Jimmy's 43 the other day. I mean, it really threw me back. My first trip to New York was my first stop uh, after Green Flash uh, came. It was my first trip. Went in your place, and you know I love it. I mean, if you want to call it a dive bar, I, I'll affectionately call it that. Exactly. So I was saying to you, it's like I love a dive bar. I seek that out. I want a dive bar with good beer because those are the two things I love together: community. You know, like people who want to talk to each other and get to know each other and drink good beer while they do it. Like, and this is the type of place where you do that. So, Jimmy, what, what are you going to drink for the rest of the night? Yes. The Alpine. Yeah. <laughs> All about the drink. I, 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 I love those. I've, I've become a big fan of, of your Alpine IPAs, and that's actually what I have at home right now. Alpine windows up in bottles. Mm-hmm. And everything about it, the, the, the bottle itself, the style of beer, it's, it's a beer I'm looking for. You know, I'm so into local beers in New York, but sometimes I want to change the pace. And, I, and the West Coast has a certain style that other beers don't, so... Right on. right on, Jimmy. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yes, thanks. Yeah. Once again, just say your names and uh, you know, yeah. we'll wrap it up. Yeah, Mike Kinkley, Green Flash. Allie Santone's Green Flash. Mir Bray, Green Flash. All right. Uh, we'll catch you next time. David, our engineer, will be cleaning this up. And we'll catch you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.